0: I was not only speaking, but speaking first, I got even more nervous, but it's okay. (laughs) Um, But when I first started to think about what I would talk about to all of you, my mind was blank. I felt like I was in a fog and couldn't think of a single thing. But then I came home from church camp, like two weeks ago, I think, and realized how thankful I am for what God has done in my life. So, to start off, I would like to take you to the book of Psalm 34, um, starting in verse 8. And it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And then we're going to skip down to verse 17. In 17 through 20 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones, and not one of them will be broken. When I was looking for verses to read to you all, I wanted to make sure that they were very relatable and easy to understand. And this passage very very much spoke to me, and specifically verse 19, when it says, The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And I just want to speak on that very subject and how I have been gone, or gone through many troubles, and so have all of you, but God delivers them from all. So I was raised in church, specifically this church. I've been going to this church ever since I can remember. Um, knew every kid's song, Making Melodies was definitely a favorite. <laughs> um, same with the song, Jesus Said It. That's an old one. Um, I didn't know exactly how to say the words. The words were like, let the redeem of the Lord say so. And I'd say, let the dardene of the Lord say so. It was, it was a whole thing. Um, but the fact was, I have grown up in church. Thank God for that. Um, however, as I started to get older, I wasn't very interested in church. Sure, I went, but it was because I had to. It was a part of my family's routine. Uh, it wasn't something I'd go to and just, it was something I'd go to and just sit through, counting down the minutes until it was over and time to go home. This went on for years and years, and I had found other interests that steered my attention elsewhere. My relationship with God was being compromised by the things of the world. Because of this, I gradually started to experience signs of depression, and my anxiety was becoming very more frequent. To the extent where I sometimes didn't want to leave the house, I remained in my room most of the time and didn't really talk to anybody. Again, when I went to church, it was out of routine, so the sermons didn't really impact or affect me. And even if I did go to a really good service at a youth rally or um, just another Sunday service, it would only affect me that day. It never made a lasting impact on my life. Home life started to get really rough, and I felt like I had no one to talk to. I felt completely and utterly alone. I began to think that there was no purpose for me, and I had told myself that the only person who could help me was myself. I shut everybody out and kept my problems to myself. In public, I acted like everything was great, life was good, and nothing bad was happening. Obviously, my acting was bad because people frequently came up to me and shared how much they loved me and were praying for me. And even when I would stand by my seat at church, people would still come up from behind me and lay their hands on me. I would receive texts very frequently of how they were praying for me and how they loved me and all the wonderful things that I very much am very appreciative for now. But at the time, it just made me mad. I thought it made me look weak and... I didn't like to be vulnerable and show my emotions to anybody. It was then, back in December, during HYC, that something really changed in me. The, um, one of the night speakers, Victor Jackson, preached a sermon called The Ministry of the Reeds, and it's one of my favorites to this day. And the whole idea was that the bad things we experience and go through, God uses that for good. And Brother Jackson used his life as an example and started to explain how he grew up in an abusive household and nowhere near church and had never heard of Jesus. But somehow through all of that, he became a preacher. He began to speak on how God uses our pain and broken past so we can deliver and anoint other people who have gone through similar things. He said that God is preparing and training us to do his works. And further into his message, Victor Jackson began to talk about how We have the ability to be a servant in God's kingdom and how we can share our gifts that he gave us. But instead, we chose to hide it. He said specifically, it takes more energy to hide your gift than it does to invest in it. (laughs) I knew in that moment that I had to make some serious changes in my life because that spoke to me dearly. So fast forward to the altar call that night, and Victor Jackson announced for anyone dealing with mental health problems, whether it be depression, anxiety, fear, etc., to raise their hands, to be brave enough and take that risk of basically showing everybody, hey, I'm not perfect. <laughs> and at that point, I was terrified and overwhelmed because I had felt alone for so long that I thought no one else or very few would raise their hand. But I was very wrong, and all across the room, dozens and dozens of hands rose up. And I just started to cry uncontrollably. For at that very moment, I realized how incredibly wrong I was. Brother Jackson continued on saying that the people with their hands up needed to pray in faith, believing that they would be part from their struggles. As I began praying, my youth group surrounded me and prayed for me, and the amount of love and power I felt from them was unbelievable. That night I hadn't prayed so hard before, but I felt that, left that place feeling free and hopeful and purposeful. I had the biggest smile on my face and hadn't felt that happy in a very long time. And from that point, I had made a promise to myself and to God that I would start making permanent changes in my life for the better. I changed my appearance, I changed some habits, and included myself more in the church People at school began to notice the changes I had made, and I was happier for it. So fast forward six months later to church camp, and I have never felt so much closer to God, and I have put all my faith and trust into him for what he has in store for me in the future. I knew that this year, camp would be different, because I was not the same person I was this time last year. (laughs) I wasn't just going to reconnect with God for a week and then go back to my old habits. Instead, I dove deeper. I furthered my relationship with God, and the biggest thing I learned at camp was that we shouldn't be in a state where we only pray for our needs and our wants. As the day speaker Travis Worthington said, we need to be intercessors so we can be used in the kingdom of God, and that is going to stick with me forever. We can't just get in the motions of praying for our own needs. We need to make sure that we are bonding with one another and praying for each other's needs. (laughs) Now, this wasn't (laughs) very long. I'm sorry. (laughs) But thank you for letting me speak to you a little bit about my um, past and what amazing things God has done for me in my life. Um, Never doubt him for a second because he knows exactly what he's doing. And in the end, it will all be worth it.
1: Good morning, everybody. So, my name is Kaylee, if you don't know me. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony today. Uh, like Kiana, I did grow up in the church, and it just kind of came a routine for me. And I was always that church kid who always was at church, but never really did a whole lot after church or, like, outside of church. So that was kind of one of my biggest things I wanted to change in my life. So many of you knew me or know me now as the shy girl who was always standing by her mother and hiding behind hers. (laughs) Uh, So So I was always kind of shy. But um, uh, like I said, I never did much involving church outside of Sundays and Wednesdays until I joined the youth group. So when I joined the youth group, there was a lot going on there was a new pastor so he was my pastor or he was my youth pastor for like a month and then he left so so I had Josh as a pastor and I had Caleb as a pastor or a youth pastor so I had three different youth pastors in a span of around a year so that was a very chaotic time of my life but I feel like I really learned from that and uh, I really feel like God knew what he was doing when he, he did this, and he had a plan for me and my youth group, and I feel like he really knew what he was doing. <laughs> After I had started going to youth rallies and other church events, and because I never really went before, I uh, come to realize the importance of prayer. Um, when I tell you that prayer has changed my life, and it really it really has changed my life, and I, I learned that you should never feel ashamed or too proud to pray that is very important, and I, that's what I learned. Because God wants to know your struggles. He wants to know what's wrong. He wants to know if you're the happiest person in the world. He wants to know you. He wants to have a conversation with you. Um, and you shouldn't have to introduce yourself when you're praying to God. You should know who you are. So that was just um, one of the... Uh, rallies that I went to. That was one of the messages. So after hearing this message, I began to pray more in depth and I focused more on how I wanted to have a youth group that was connected and I wanted to have friends that were going to help me uh, and influence me spiritually. So God answers prayers. He really did do that. Um, so like Kiana, skipping to HYC this past year, I kind of felt the complete opposite of what Kiana felt, and I will tell you why. So I really did not feel connected to God at that time, and it was just one of those little points in my life. I don't know why. It just was. Um, so I didn't really have high expectations for HYC services, and I didn't get much out of HYC because I didn't have those expectations, and I felt like I wasn't trying to connect with God, um, and it was all my fault. It wasn't God's fault. It was my fault. And I, that really had a burden on my life, and I, and I just, I was, I felt so guilty and had a burden in my heart because everyone else from the youth came back full and ready of energy and pumped up, <laughs> uh, for, um, for God, and I just came back like not feeling anything, and I, it really, i really had a burden on my heart that I did not feel a thing, so um, that guilt in my life could have changed over two days, but it's simply because I didn't have those expectations, it didn't. Um, So then and there did I make um, some, some would say a New Year's resolution, but I'm not going to say that because I want it to continue happening and not just be like a three-day thing. So um, I'm going to say it, my step forward in my walk with God, because I'm not going to be... I'm not going to go back to my old shy self that I was. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to do what I want, and I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry what other people think of me. Um, I have expectations that God will always have my back, and I will be faithful to him. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I was at camp, and uh, I had those high expectations. I became ready. I was full of expectations for God that he would uh, speak to my heart, and he, and he did. And all of, these, all of all of the services were incredible, and I truly believe that if all of you should watch those services because they were so incredible. And they can, you can go back and watch them now. They were just amazing, um, and they really spoke to my life. But every night I did track my steps because I have a Fitbit on. And every night I had about 10,000 steps. And I was thinking, why do I have 10,000 steps? Lord knows I am not into sports. And I did not just run a five mile run each night. And, um, but you know why I had so many steps? Because I was praising God every morning and night. I was dancing, I was waving, I was with my arms, I was crying. I was speaking in tongues and I was praising God just because because I was I was incredibly thankful for all the services because they were so incredible. Um and it wasn't just me. It was my entire youth group that went to camp. It was all of us and I felt like we all spoke it all spoke to us and every single service really spoke to each and every one of us, I feel. Um But, yes, so God has done great things. So God God can do great things when you have faith in him and trust him. So I was at family camp uh, with Zucy, and family camp is a lot different from regular camp. It's my first time. So I saw all sorts of people. I saw all different ages, all different. Everyone was there. (laughs) But um, there is nothing that makes me more happier than seeing an older couple, like at least 80 or 90, leaping and praising God. Because that is so incredibly, I, I'm so happy when I see that. Because, because when I, if I see a 90-year-old wrinkly, walking with a cane elders that are able to worship God for everything that he has done with them, then I have no excuse that I shouldn't be praising God just along with them. I feel like he has too many blessings for me to just stand around like a tree and not do anything during church. I can't imagine life without God. I am I'm almost done, but I can't help but mention two of the biggest influences that helped me with my walk with God. Brother Caleb Bowman and ZC. Um... They were truly huge blessings in my life, and I wouldn't be standing here baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost without them. I believe God has great things in store for me, and and God has already spoken to me about going on missions trips and starting Bible studies. God is so great to me, and because of the power of prayer and help from God that I am able to speak to you up here today.
2: Such incredible testimonies from both Kiana and Kaylee, both well done guys. Um, So can I just start off by saying who else is ecstatic about Ultimate Frisbee today? I know I am, I am thrilled, I cannot wait. But um, I'm going to talk about something that I feel God has laid on my heart, uh, personally even, so as much as I'm preaching to all of you, I'm really preaching to myself because I feel like this is something I could definitely apply in my mind. So, give me just a second. So, I'm actually going to be doing a little bit of preaching. Um, My...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: So, I'm going to be talking about His plan surpasses your past. Can you put that up on the... There it is. His plan surpasses your past. So I'm actually going to be talking about um, Samson and the story of Samson. It's a pretty common uh, story in the Bible. I'm sure a lot of you know who Samson is, but if you don't, I'll give you kind of a summary. So Samson is a Nazarite, and the Nazarite people live by a strict code of law, and that they serve God. So, um, well, Samson, you know, he was doing good. He was doing good at first. He was a good Nazarite, following all the the little rule things, but. Um, through a series of compromises and settled sins and drifting farther away from these rules, we see that Samson has found himself astray from God. We see he is he is completely on the other side of the, the platform from God. God's way over there, right? And um, actually, this is what I'm going to be diving into today, coming up to this point where um, God is almost left the spirit of the lord has almost left samson so actually in judges 16:19 and i'm reading from the new living translation here it says delilah turned with the money in their hands wait delilah lulled samson to sleep sorry with his head in her lap and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair in this way she began to in this way she began to bring him down and his strength left him Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. Because he's had this power his whole life. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. And they took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. So here he has strayed so far from God. That the presence of the Lord has left him. His strength, what really defines him from everybody else, has left him. He is at the lowest point in his life. He's lost all of his power. He's lost the will of God on his life. And um, let me just talk personally here. At camp, camp was an amazing time, as they both mentioned. But um, camp, I felt like a low point in my life. Because... I felt God's pull, just like Samson, how he had this amazing gift. He had this ability that he wanted to use to um, impact the world. God wanted to use him as a vessel. But, and I felt this call, but I was at a low point in my life. And I feel like God was just far, far away, just distant from me. And church, I feel like there's somebody in this place who just feels far away from God. You've made mistakes. Right We all have made mistakes. It's OK. We're all human, but we make mistakes, and we, we, we drift far, far away from God. And, but I, I just want to say that's not the end of the story here. <laughs> that is not where the story ends. So if you stick with me, I'm going to be reading uh, quite a lengthy pa- passage uh, in the same chapter starting at verse 23. The Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. They said, our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, oh, God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought out from the prison to amuse them. And they, had, and they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. And Samson said to the young servant, who was leading him by the hand, Place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. And all the Philistine rulers were there. And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching Samson. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me one more time with a blow. Let, with one blow, let me back the Philistines for the loss of my. Wait. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands against the two pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, "Let me die with the Philistines." And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than during his entire lifetime. So in this, we see that he is—he has no eyes, for one. So that stinks. Um, And he is chained up against these pillars. He's lost everything. He's defeated. He's surrounded by the enemy. But we see he calls on God. Yes, he is surrounded by all this darkness, all this despair, and he calls on God. He turns to God finally, and in the act of turning to God, he did more impact in his death than in all of his life. In that one act of returning to God's plan, to God's promise for him, to, for his strength, he made an impact greater than what he did in his whole life. Some people, we're bogged down by our past. We think, God has given me this, he's given me this plan, and, and I'm just, I've done so much, I've done so much, and I don't deserve what he's given me. And we don't, we don't deserve what he's given us. But he's given us to, we, he's given it to us. So let's use that. Let's forget all the things we've done in our past. God wants to use us for good. Right? I wish we could just call on the name of God today. So I pray, Jesus, help me make an impact. Help me forget about all the things I've done in my past. And just help me focus on you. Because I've I've made a lot of mistakes. But God... Help me work through you. Help me be that vessel. Because what you've done does not compare to what God wants to do through you. And actually, if we could all stand and um, even maybe come to the altar. Jesus, I feel like, I feel like we need to look, take a, take a mirror to ourselves. Really look inside. Because I feel like if even one soul is here, then I, I, want, I want to touch that individual right here. Jesus, please, help us look at ourselves, Lord. Jesus, help me examine myself, God. And Lord, I'm sorry for everything I've done in my past, but Lord, Jesus, if I can call on you one more time, Lord. Jesus, help me fulfill your plan for my life, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Thank you.
0: This thing. Around.